Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 30 called Rebellious Children. If we've got something in our lives that isn't what it's supposed to be, we kind of, we like to leave it there just in case. Repentance in Hebrew means you burn the whole thing and start over. You just burn it. You leave it behind you. It's gone. You can't go back to it because it got burned. That's repentance. It literally means you've turned away from that to another life, another reality, to the instruction of the Lord. But we, what we like to do is not burn it. We keep it there just in case. I know that caravan comes by a couple times a year, and you know, you never know, right? And God says, no, if you want rest, then find it in repentance, find it in quietness. The idea of trust is utter trust, and it will be strength, and you'll have peace and strength. But if you're not willing, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get just the opposite. And so many times in Scripture, Jesus says, the, you know, the wedding guests were invited, but they were unwilling to come. He says to Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a mother hen gathers her chicks under his wings, but you were, remember, unwilling. Jesus says, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life and these are they that testify of me, yet you are unwilling to come to me that you might have life. That's the issue. Alternative number two, And you said, no, for we will flee on horses. Here's the plan. Therefore, you shall flee, and we will ride on swift horses. Here's the plan. But God says, "Uh, therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. In other words, you can get the fastest car, the fastest horse, but there's always going to be one that's just as fast, and it's going to catch up to you. That's the key. If you choose door number two, it will catch up to you. So you get on the fastest horse and you ride. Go go to the next chapter. Look at Isaiah 31, verse 1. Isaiah 31, 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, 31, 1, and rely on what? Horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. That's what God's saying. Two two doors. If you choose door number one, you're going to find rest and strength. If you choose door number two, you're going to be galloping, and you'll be hoping that you can look behind you. How far back are they? And then you look to your side, and they're right there. You can't outrun them. You can't beat them. That's what God is saying. You need me. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose Lord, whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. This is Psalm 33, 14. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. 
A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, Psalm thirty-three seventeen. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his loving kindness. What we really need is the armor of God. I'm not talking about being silly about life. I'm talking about your spiritual life. That's really the corresponding truth here. God says, verse 17, Isaiah 30, 1,000 shall flee at the threat of one man. You shall flee at the threat of five if you go with door number two until you are left as a flag on a mountaintop and as a signal on a hill. Two key passages. I won't go into them tonight, but I want you to look at them. Look at Leviticus 26, 7 through 16, and Deuteronomy 32, 30 and 31. Here's what God says in Deuteronomy 32, 30, 31. How could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock has sold them and the Lord has given them up? God says, if you choose door number two, you're going to live in fear. You're going to be at unrest. And you're always going to feel outmatched and overwhelmed. But if you are under my shade, you're gonna, life's not going to be perfect, but you're going to find peace and strength and hope. Therefore, Isaiah 30, verse 18, contra- contrast the double therefore of verse 16 with judgment. The Lord, notice the Lord's heart now. He longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, in light, if you choose door number two, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of what? Justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. John MacArthur says, since Judah would not wait on the Lord to deliver, he must wait to be gracious to the nation. Another writer says, how long, O Lord? God's answer may be, whenever you're ready. Here's the point. God's saying, I want to be gracious. I want to be compassionate but you've made me wait because you chose door two instead of door one. So how can I be gracious to you when you're riding off to Egypt? To trust in them, I'm going to have to let you live with that consequence. And then when you turn to me in repentance and and brokenness, I'll have compassion on you. But I'm going to wait because you're riding off to Egypt on those swift horses. You got it? That's That's the point. So I'm going to put my compassion on hold. It's not like I don't want to give you compassion. I'm a God of compassion. O people in Zion, 19, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you. There's going to be a time when you get it, when you wake up. God hears light. He will hear the sound of your cry. And when he hears it, he will answer you. But what, what is he listening for? The sound of your cry. He's listening for people who will say, oh God, I've, I took the caravan. I put my treasures on it. I met with Rahab again, and she's a do-nothing. I get it. At least I think I get it. And in quietness and trust and brokenness and contriteness, which the Lord will not reject and despise, you come and you say, would you save me? And when he hears you, He will save you from on high. He will have compassion. As a father has compassion on his children. What would you do? Sometimes your kid, he takes the caravan and, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And he does it. You go, 
And sometimes you just, you hear this, the pottery, the, you hear the dishes crash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, daddy, mommy, 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 no more mother, So what do you do? You get the broom, you get the dustpan. You get the little Flintstone band-aid for their finger. And you clean it up. And you say, let's start over. That's what God does. But he waits till he hears the cry. <laughs> because he has given you a free will. And although the Lord has given you bread of privation, or look at verse 20, it says the bread of adversity in the NIV. That means problems and connected to their choices. And water of oppression or affliction. These are pictures of kind of bread and water in a prison. He, your teacher, will no longer hide himself, but your eyes will behold your teacher. I think what God's saying is that this is kind of like a teaching tool, okay? If you're going to ride off, you you chose door B, okay, but there's going to be a day when I hear your cry and you get it and we clean up the mess together and when we do, your teacher's going to be right next to you and you're going to say, aha, have you ever had one of those moments? Oh, that's what you were saying. Right. But you had to learn, do we say the easy way? Oh, that's what I thought. And your ears, 21, when this happens, when your teacher's there and you get it, then your ears will hear a word behind you. And here's what it will say. It will say, this is the way. Walk in it. And whenever you turn to the right or to the left. See, you're going to become more sensitive to the... How many of you have become more sensitive to the voice of God after the crash and meeting with Rahab and all that stuff, right? By the way, we've all been there before. And if it happens to you, or if it's happened to you, or if you're there right now, the best remedy is to saturate yourself, I've said this to you before, in the things of God. In other words, if you're feeling weak or you feel cuts from the crashing and deluge from the wall, the best remedy for your spiritual life is dive headfirst into the things of God. Turn on sermon after sermon, worship music, turn off that television, and just immerse yourself and God will revive your spiritual life. Starve sin and feed the inner man and you'll be revived. That's God's way of doing things. And all God's people said? And you, here's what's going to happen now, you got to be serious about repentance, which means to burn that old house. You will defile, that means to desecrate by destruction, your graven images, that's your idols, overlaid with silver and your molten images plated with gold. You will scatter them as an impure thing. And impure speaks of something that's very soiled. Cross-reference Isaiah 64, 6. And you will say to them, to the things that used to defile you, you remember how they said to Isaiah, Get out of here. Be gone. We don't want to hear about the Holy One of Israel anymore. We don't want that anymore. Tell us pleasant words. Tell us what we want to hear. We're riding off. We don't care what you say. Well, now, after this whole experience of God's judgment and correction, you know what they're going to say now? To their idols? You! You ever been there? (laughs) Get out of here. You're no good for me. Right? And instead of saying it about the Holy One of Israel, they'll invite him in and tell their idols, get lost. See? This is the divine turnaround. And then when you do this, he will give you 23, 
rain for the seed which you will sow in the ground. Things will begin to blossom in your life. And bread from the yield of the ground. It will be rich and plenteous on the day your livestock will graze and you will be pasture. This will be the delightful promises Thanks for tuning to in to Walk in Truth today. Kingdom and Did the you know there's more where that came from? Covenant. Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, I met a man, he goes, I'm his last friend who didn't bail on him. I thought, man, what does it matter with us? John and Claudia Kalmakoff. If they don't have that foundation and they don't know about God's promises and what we know is true, not by what we're feeling, but by facts, historical, archaeological facts, what we know to be true, then their feelings take over. Lenny Esposito, who will deal with the power of the archaeological record. You know, you're doing a construction project, Rome, they were trying to build the subway. And they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff. Hey, if you're looking to get further equipped, and we all should be, this is the conference to go to. Dare to Defend begins Friday evening on March 25th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us. Learn more about Dare to Defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Dive headfirst into the things of God. Turn on sermon after sermon, worship music, turn off that television, and just immerse yourself and God will revive your spiritual life. Starve sin and feed the, the inner man, and you'll be revived. That's God's way of doing things. And all God's people said? And you, here's what's going to happen now. You've got to be serious about repentance, which means to burn that old house. You will defile, that means to desecrate by destruction, your graven images, that's your idols, overlaid with silver and your molten images plated with gold. You will scatter them as an impure thing and... Impure speaks of something that's very soiled. Cross-reference Isaiah 64, 6. And you will say to them, to the things that used to defile you, you remember how they said to Isaiah, get out of here, be gone. We don't want to hear about the Holy One of Israel anymore. We don't want that anymore. Tell us pleasant words. Tell us what we want to hear. We're riding off. We don't care what you say. Well, now, after this whole experience of God's judgment and correction, you know what they're going to say now? To their idols, you... You ever been there? <laughs> Get out of here. You're no good for me. Right? And instead of saying it about the Holy One of Israel, they'll invite him in and tell their idols, Get lost. See? This is the divine turnaround. And then when you do this, he will give you 23 rain for the seed which you will sow in the ground. Things will begin to blossom in your life. And bread from the yield of the ground. It will be rich and plenteous 
On the day your livestock will graze in a roomy pasture. This will be the delightful promises pointing to the messianic kingdom and the promises in the Mosaic covenant. Also, 24, there's more. The oxen and the donkeys which work the ground will eat salter fodder which has been widowed with shovel and fork. They'll be doing well. And, 25, on every lofty mountain and on every high hill there will be streams running with water and it's married together with the day of God's judgment. On the day of the great slaughter when the towers of the wicked fall, it's kind of like paradise will be recaptured. And this is, I think, a promise for after Assyria and also it's our future. And, 26, The light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun, get this for those of you who like the sun, will be seven times brighter. Have you ever, just kind of uh, metaphorically speaking, have you ever gotten things right with God and things seemed a little heavy and a little dark and, and then you got things right with God and you went outside and the birds are singing and the sun seems seven times brighter than it used to be? And you're like, wow, nothing's really changed, but you have changed. Seven times seven is the number of perfection and completion. And so the light of the moon, the sun, seven times brighter. Can you imagine that? I think this is pictures of what's coming to us in glory. Like the light of seven days on the day the Lord binds up the fracture of his people and heals the bruise he has inflicted. Behold, the name of the Lord, Shem Yahweh, comes from a remote place. God is going to rescue and judge and save his people. Burning is his anger. Here's theophany language. And dense is his smoke. His lips are filled with indignation. His tongue is like a consuming fire. God will destroy the chaos and bring life to his people. And his breath speaks of his roaring voice. It's like an overflowing torrent which reaches to the neck to shake the nations back and forth in a sieve. A sieve is a strainer or a sifter uh, of futility, says the New King James. And to put in the jaws of the peoples the bridle which leads to ruin. They wouldn't go God's way, so now the bridle is leading them to destruction. And you, in light of all this, will have songs. As in the night when you keep the festival, many see this as the festival of Passover. And you will have not only songs, but gladness of heart as one marches to the sound of the flute at festival to go to the mountain of the Lord. Who is he? He is the rock of Israel. We're almost done. And the Lord will cause 30, his voice of authority to be heard and the descending of his arm, his powerful arm that saved from Egypt to be seen in fierce anger and in the flaming of a consuming fire and cloudburst, downpour, and hailstones, all language of his powerful presence. For at the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be terrified. God will turn the tables on this enemy when he strikes the rod. And every blow of the rod of punishment which the Lord will lay on him will be with the music of tambourines and lyres. And in battles, brandishing weapons, he will fight them. For Topheth has long been ready. The Topheth is the place of abomination. It's the place where the uh, Kidron and um, uh, valleys of Hinnom met. And it was that place where they had the um, child sacrifice. And later it became known as Gehenna. It was actually the, uh, the, the trash dump of Israel with the continual fires burning. And God t- takes the image of Topheth where 
corpses and bodies and all the waste was. And he says, this is what he's going to do. Topheth has been ready for the Assyrian army. Indeed, it has been prepared for the king, this king that was so boastful. He has made it because he's going to meet a bigger and more powerful king. Deep and large, the kind of pictures a big fire pit, bonfire, a pyre of fire with plenty of wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of brimstone, sets it afire. God says, I'm going to take your enemy that looks so strong. I'm going to throw him into Topheth in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. I'm going to burn him, deal with him, and then we will have paradise. And this does point us to the end times. Let's pray. You've been listening to Rebellious Children, Part 3 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 30. Remember, if you missed any part of today's teaching or any of Pastor Michael's previous teachings, you can go back and listen for free to the podcast. Just search for and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word before we go. You know, a lot of these prophecies that we deal with in the book of Isaiah are pretty heavy. And this is an incredibly powerful book with 66 powerful chapters. And if you're new to the book of Isaiah, I know how you might feel like me. Sometimes you're gripping the steering wheel of your car a little tighter or putting the seatbelt on a little tighter because it's not easy sledding. But it is the truth of a people called by God who often did not walk with God. And God was patient and he sent them prophets and he waited and he called upon them to repent. And finally, out of his love and out of his justness, he disciplined his people. And it was often very ugly. And the consequences rippled out often for generations. And, you know, the, the truth, uh, brothers and sisters, those of you who are maybe not even, maybe you're not a Christian yet, is that the God of the Bible does have expectations of his creation. And let's take it to the positive note. But he knows that we are dust and he knows how we are. And so he came and did for us what we could never do for ourselves. He came on a rescue mission. He was appalled by what he saw. And so he came and brought salvation of his own making. He did the work. We just are called to receive the gift and surrender to the God of the Bible who loved us so much he gave his one and only son. I just have one question for you. You know, we're told statistically that many people listening to Christian radio are not Christians. Maybe you're, you've been on the fence. Maybe you're in another religious faith. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've been listening to Christian content for quite some time, but you have never made that decision to make Jesus Christ your King, your Lord, your Savior, your God. Today can be your day. He is literally a prayer away. But that prayer is going to be a confession of faith that you want to follow him, that you're going to repent of all the idols, all the sin in your life, and you're going to turn away from it and turn to God through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But more than that, you're going to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to be born again of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've heard me lay out some of the aspects of coming to Christ. You don't have to have perfect words, but the Lord wants you to surrender to him, to repent and receive the Lord Jesus. To as many as received him, John 1, 12, to them, he gave the power to become children of God. This is how you 
become a Christian. You ask Jesus Christ to save you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says in Romans 10, you will be saved. There it is. Have you done that? Do you need to come back to God if you're a prodigal? Well, I would encourage you to pray today. And if you need help with what that looks like, or what do you do next after you pray the sinner's prayer as it's been called? Well, you begin a journey of pursuing the Lord and walking with him and getting to know him better. Open your Bible to the Gospel of John. Start right there. Start reading the Word of God. Find a good, healthy Bible teaching church, one that teaches in depth through the Bible, not one that says it believes the Bible and then tells stories for a half an hour. You know what I'm saying? Find, and you say, well, how do I do that, Pastor Michael? Listen to a few of the sermons. Get a flavor for, before you waste your time going somewhere, make sure the Word of God's being opened and taught. Not one verse out of context. You know what I'm saying? And if you need help with that, you can call us at 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH. And uh, you can reach out to pastors, 90 to 4 Pacific Time, 844-48-TRUTH. We'll help you out in any way that we can. The Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his beautiful face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you shalom. Until next time, bless you. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and will hopefully help us become 100% listener-supported. Would you please help us pay for the airtime on the radio station you're listening to? A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. You can visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow to discuss the upcoming apologetics event, Dare to Defend. I'm Mike Massaro, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.